We're going to go from like these nice, like, cute as a really dramatic intro and stuff into whatever the fuck this is. I guess the listener update is um, um, the corona hit and um, Q's priorities have had to, you know, naturally shift to relate to this. So uh, we have to, we're, we're doing our own miscasts and, um, you know. The inmates are literally running the asylum now. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. All of our, like, like uh, control has gone, and it's just chaos now. You're welcome. Um, on that note, hey, Adam, a.k.a. Almas, is going to uh, do the hosting for us. Hey, Adam. Hey, guys. Welcome to Miscast. <laughs> welcome I was expecting- for the greatest intro ever. Yeah, I'm not going to bother doing my own intro because you introed me better. Hey, yeah, like I said, Q, our old, uh, what do you call him, host for oh. Miscast, is busy taking care of family and corona stuff. So I'm going to host it, and we're going to have a good time. This is going to be much more Q&A. I got a bunch of fun questions. You guys are going to answer them. We're going to have a good old time. Sound good, everybody? Good. All right. That sounds lovely. Thanks for asking my opinion. But the answer is still yes. Okay, I appreciate it. Mike, how are you feeling? I didn't get an answer from you. I'm feeling good. Okay, good. Good here. That's all I need. I'm back from vacation, so I'm feeling good. I appreciate it. Open. Drink the beer that's open. Hey, now. I've got too many open ones on my desk. I'm confused. Eric is currently dancing on the Skype and has at least consumed 96% of a bottle of wine. So, uh, yes, that's about right. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm... Don't ask her to do math. First question is from Colleen. We have a bunch of good questions from Colleen. Um, my girlfriend. Yeah, Erica's girlfriend. They're fantastic. All right. How do y'all like my finely handcrafted memes, which I mind myself from the meme minds? So, for anyone who hasn't done it yet, go to the social Twitter. medias. Uh, the memes are the best. It's just they've been watching or listening to the show, and as they go through, giving us the hot memes. It is fantastic. How do y'all feel about the memes? Because my favorite thing uh, anyone's ever done is the memes. What memes? The memes oh, okay. that Eric has. I just, I just messed yeah. yeah, yeah. uh, uh, Some of them are pretty good. Like so, some have got a good chuckle. Uh, I don't have the opportunity to look at them very often because because uh, my work my. My job keeps me really busy most of the week, but when I do, it's like the, there was this one time I was at work and I can't remember which one it was, but I, I just looked at it and I just started laughing and everyone's looking at me really, really weird. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of love for Chuck in those memes. Everyone loves Chuck. It's so great. We there's there's such a good mix of everything that's happening and uh and a nice reminder as we're, you know. Re, uh, releasing the the show and things that we've all experienced and seeing you know actual physical images of how people are responding to uh to the things that happen are just the best and uh, it it really is great and uh, if any of you listeners uh, would like to join in on this we uh, welcome all memes sent to our social media and shared to us that we will potentially retweet if they are good which honestly any of them probably will be good enough because it's memes about our show and that's all oh. that's all i need <laughs> uh, so yeah so if if uh colleen's example is anything to set then i'm i'm very looking forward to the point where we get more and more of these memes that i can consume on the daily because they they are just really great uh, yeah, so I'm here to officially announce that um, I will be leaving uh, the Misfit roles and Aviana will uh, die in the next arc because uh, my girlfriend's going to come in who is significantly funnier than I am. Oh, how dare you? We can definitely add a character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, favorite moments from episode 1 through 25 so far. Each person, what is your favorite thing in campaign? That has happened. I can I can answer this, and it seems a pretty obvious answer. And I don't know if it's my favorite thing. When you ask that question, there's one very distinct moment that pops up into my mind. Um, <clears throat> um, and it's the murder that we committed. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite thing that happened, but it really was just uh, just a good moment of of chaos and uh honestly not all, not not even all that much chaos that was a firmly well executed plan that thus far has gone off without a hitch perfect plan and 
yeah, a, a great plan executed, like, to the T almost, and the, it went awry for a bit there when we discovered that they were children and not like seedy alley-dwelling ha- types. But, you know, you make adjustments, and you be the villain that you were born to be, and you pull off a crime, and none are the wiser. And it's just great. It's yep. just one every time that it would cut back to us, and Mike was like, "What are you guys doing?" It's like being fucking innocent. That's what we're doing, and no <laughs> one's gonna ask us any questions. And that's pretty much how it went. And that was it was a very proud moment. And I was like, "Yo, I, I helped my friend, I helped my friend Almas pull off a very dangerous and risky task, and we did it." And every, everything turned out fine. They threw us a party after we murdered someone? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you ended up with a really, like, coincidental cover-up. Yeah, you blamed it on Chalk. We blamed no. nothing on Chalk, and not only did they come around asking, but we threw the scent off of his trail. We God, proved yeah. the innocence of the main of the main suspect, and they said, well, fucking, we got no second idea, and then they left. <laughs> Yeah, it was me that threw Chuck under the bus for that one because I was just like, oh, maybe it was Chuck. God, and that hilarity. Yeah, that whole session was so funny. It it was just like coincidence, like unfortunate coincidence after unfortunate coincidence that like led to again. I I have I have pride in very few of like the the comment like the description slash episode titles of the episodes. But, like, that one of, like, this person comes into a problem. That person comes into a problem. Tavra can almost have a great day. Like, that is the funniest, because it's so true. And it, God, it's exactly what happens. And, God, that's it. That's all I've got. It's just, it makes me laugh every single time I see it. And I was like, God, you're funny. It's a good moment. Yeah, that's my favorite moment up to this point, though. Yeah, I'm with you. That's also mine, so I can piggyback. Gray, what's your favorite moment from episode 1 through 25? Just seen a raccoon. Yeah, I don't know if it's the very beginning of 26 (laughs) or the end of 25, but man, that's real good. (laughs) Well, no, it's it's, uh, not going to give too much spoilers into it, but Mike thought it was going to be a throwaway purchase. That raccoon. Oh, so we can tell you that it's not a throwaway. Yeah, I think all of <laughs> Trimpet is like my favorite. Like as much as everyone else hates her, I love the seamstress because those interactions. Yeah, honestly, like, Trumpet did have some of the best NPCs, and like just just the way everything was going on. The, like, if we weren't busy running around with like chickens with their heads cut off trying to save the world and all, it it would have been fun to like I don't know have a campaign, at least a sizable portion of a campaign in Trumpet. Because I'm fairly certain, like, uh, there would have been a lot more interesting interactions. Like, we still, like, I would have loved to have explored the, um, the, uh, the, the fact that, the, that we thought that the priestess of, what is it, Luna, was a, like, was a werewolf. And all oh, that she was of, um, God, Lunis. Lunis, that's Lunis, it, my apologies. Yeah. It was a Primrose, Priestess Primrose. Yeah, Priestess yeah. Primrose, definitely a werewolf, yeah. and we just kind of bypassed that. You're yeah, right. we That's kind of just a lot that could have happened in Trumpet. Yeah, there was there was so much that could go have happened in Trumpet that really we just sort of glossed over on our expedition elsewhere. Sort of and thing. and also, what's going on with Brittany Bach? We never really got an answer to that. We just kind of left it alone. So there's a lot of other things under the surface there. I mean, I feel like Brittany Bach is pretty, pretty uh, cut and dry. Uh, she's a monster fucker who runs the town. That's kind of That's it. Fair. Like, <laughs> she's a, she's a monster fucker. Like, period. Full stop. Like, I don't know. Don't know what you want me to say. And no then she just runs the town. Different as, strokes as for the, different like, folks. Like, this isn't okay. This is not a judgment at all. Hello, welcome to queer community. Monster fucking is a thing that just is a narrative thing you deal with in storytelling um but yeah no Brittany Bach is just a, just a, a monster fucker who runs the town because um her husband of Bach whose name is so unimportant and is so 
is such like a, a flimsy like, like man of a person. Yeah, his name is Garbo. I don't remember his name. Ronald Ronald Bach. Ronald Bach. Or... <laughs> yeah, right. He's got like a pretentious name like that. The point is, he doesn't matter. He's there to be the trophy husband, pretty boy, and she runs the whole thing. And fucks monsters. Like I don't know what homie's saying for that one. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but he, well, he was the one who was there. he was the one who was there in place. And this Bach family was like a middling, you know, one no one cared about. And all of a sudden, this stranger with no history shows up, and they're the lord. They're the, the town rulers. Yeah. Like, she didn't she walk in, and she didn't walk in and say, "Hey, man." You guys got any goblins around here? Because I'm trying to fuck them. And they said, yo, you're the president. Like, that's not how that happened. <laughs> so, no, like, that's not how. Her mom that's has nothing to do with her ability to obtain power. Her ability to attain power is the fact that she's not an idiot. And no, she's very, very smart true. and focused. And has nothing to, she doesn't care about the, the, the royalty, whatever. The royalty, whatever, gets her the monster fucking. Other than that, it's just like a means to an end. Like, if, if we found out that like, uh, Brittany doesn't love... Her husband, whose name I can't even remember, Ronald, it's Ronald. Ronald, Buck. Ronald, I think his name was Ronald. I'll check my notes. It is. It is absolutely it Ronald. Is absolutely Ronald. Cool. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Like he's a means to an end for her, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Whatever. She's like not a mystery to me. Look, if you don't know what yeah, the monster fucking right. genre is in literature, get out of here. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast, literally monster fucker. Mike, what was your Beauty favorite? Table water. Yeah, yeah, all of that. Mike, what was your favorite <laughs> moment from 1 through 25? Oh, um, it, it was touched on a little bit here already, but the seamstress was one of my favorite things. I got a lot of enjoyment out of playing the seamstress character. Um, I was really worried because it was the first time I gave a female character a very large part. And if if you haven't figured it out yet, I am male. And I was kind of worried about that. But I think it went over quite well, and I really enjoyed that. And um, as far as another part that was my favorite, I had just thought of it, but I've had a couple drinks, so I'm kind of spacing on it. <laughs> was, um, oh, I'll have to get back to you when I actually remember what it is. So when I randomly interject, I apologize in advance. No problem. By the way, Mike, yeah. um, Adam, as the player, loves the seamstress. I also liked Pierre a lot. Us as characters don't like them at all. We give them tons of shit, but I love those characters as a person. I like both of them as a character and a player. Coincidence. I got a text from my girlfriend about this very topic. Half your party seems like Pierre, and they are wrong. Oh, yeah. Adam loves Pierre. Almas is indifferent. Tavruk hates Pierre. I think Jake thinks Tavruk he's hates fine. Pierre. Tavruk, oh, I remember the and other moment. Jake hate Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> What's your moment, Mike? Sorry. Um, the other moment was when Tally and yes, Avian are are in the church and they're literally talking. And somebody was like, "Hmm, I wonder if this could be talking." And then, boom! Someone bust in, and it worked out so beautifully. And I was so proud. God, that was such a good yeah. like shenanigans moment of like, oh no, what do you do with situation? There's oh. only been one other moment oh. that has topped that, and you'll have to wait and continue listening to find that moment. All right. So yeah, we're going to move on. I'll um, oh, go ahead, Jenny. Go ahead, yeah, Jenny. I think it's it's several parts, but it's just Pierre being kind of, I don't know, just like weird around Tali, like zipping up her dress, you know, making sly comments to her as she's sneaking back in and not saying a thing about her sneaking around town it's a nice little setup for some things to come and as a player when i didn't know what was going on i'm like what a fucking weirdo like why is he stalking me but looking back i think they were pretty hilarious moments yeah here's a good time all right so this next uh question is from colby uh, i guess this one's sort of more for me and jake how does Tavrook and Alma sleep at night knowing they killed a kid and the city blamed Chalk for it? I guess, Jake, I'll go to you first. <laughs> I've answered this question already uh, a little bit, if you if you got a feel for my first answer. And the is answer to that question with, uh, or? is we sleep soundly. Very well. Now, I will say one thing. Tavrook doesn't love the idea of child murder. 
Um, it's not on his list of favorite things. Now, high on the list of Tyverug's favorite things, regular murder. Not a bad time. He really enjoys it. It's kind of like who he is as a person. And it's a flaw. But he's, you know, he's very much into that whole warrior spirit vibe at all costs thing. But he also is like, you know, if we're going to kill somebody, let's make sure they can fight back. And it's, you know, at least it's a little bit like, you know, worthy of, you know, of the challenge. And then, you know, trying to meet that challenge is, you know, very much in the hobgoblin spirit. And a charmed teenager in an alleyway fighting against a, a wizard and a fighter is not that. So that little bit of him is is like, yeah, I definitely am not happy about this, but it all turned out okay. And I actually don't, you know, don't regret it all that much knowing that we've gotten away with it. If things went south for, for his allies, especially for Chalk, if it actually, you know, turned out being really bad and we had, you know, break him out or actually do things to, you know, free him if they, you know, tried to get really uppity about it or hurt him, then he probably would have had a little remorse. But at the rate it turned out okay, I think I think Tavaruk feels fine. How, how's Almas feel? Almas is fine. Almas would have done it regardless. Uh Almost was going to kill both kids and their parents. If, if you guys want to remember, I was going to kill some, somebody was going to die because I had to get a spell component. Period. Sure. That's how it goes. So almost doesn't. You think he doesn't. Need a spell component? Yeah, no, I, yeah, no. I do kind of need it. Yeah, uh, no. actually, I kind of piggy tail. Uh, that's the pigtail. Piggyback. Wait. Piggyback. There you Piggyback. Go. Piggytailing. Uh, and to the next question, the only question that's for me is just from Colleen. Uh, what the fuck is Almas's morality? Totally willing to murder for spells, but also he's one of the more sensible party members. How that work? So quick question to the group. Do you think that Almas is a sensible party member? And then I will answer the question. Oh, hell no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I think, I, I, yeah, go, Jake. I think we'll have the same similar answers. I think he's intelligent. Yeah, that that's without... So, Without a doubt. so he can chime in for like some, hey, like here's some good ideas and some stuff. But, you know, all level of like rationale previously earned, like starts to go out the window once you're like, cool, I'm going to go murder a kid and summon a demon. Like, I appreciate that you guys liked my idea about like what we should do in the mine here. But like also there's this other side of me yeah. um, that is a problem. Yeah, I, I think mean, yeah, let's basically make Sorry, go. Yeah, I think that's a prime example, but you know, between uh, intelligence versus wisdom. Intelligence is like knowing that I can kill this kid for spell components. Wisdom is knowing maybe I shouldn't do it in the middle of an alley and not really hide the body very well. <laughs> you cleaned up a bit and hid it behind yeah, the box. Yeah, a bit, and you like kind of tucked him behind a box. But there was also, like, no remorse there. Basically, uh, yeah, yeah, Almas is that person who's like, oh, I can summon a really, I can do a really powerful magic thing if I have human blood. So I'm gonna just get human blood regardless of what that means. And so, again, yeah. that, that definition, that hard line Which between, Which only lasts like, for 24 hours. Yeah, right? beginning, welcome to, welcome to player faults. I was... It, when that that situation unfolded, I was like looking at it and going, "Is is almost like an alcoholic? Once he starts killing, he can't stop." <laughs> These are all good things. So I can ex I can I explain need to cast a spell every day. I have to do it. So here's the whole thing. Yes, player fault because I did not realize it had to be 24 hours for the blood. Whatever it is, what it is, we can hand wave that. Doesn't matter. You're right. General post would have worked. Okay. So almost is morality. The way that I look at it and the way I play it, I don't necessarily... I know we joked one time about being Jared Leto's Joker. I don't want to go that far. That's silliness. Uh, <laughs> Do not send your DM like a dead lamb or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm not sending you like condoms full of blood or whatever Jared Leto did. Uh, so the way that I look at it is, yeah, it's intelligence, not wisdom. So almost is... People don't really use the whole like neutral, evil, whatever that stuff that much. I definitely yeah, I don't to, play with full alignments. Yeah, alignments don't really matter. But I wanted to play him as a an intelligent guy, so he knows how to do things, and he is lawful evil. So almost is like, hey, I will do shit that's evil, but I'm doing it for a reason. It's not like I'm just gonna kill these people because I feel like it. It's like, oh, I have a, a, a goal that needs to be done. 
And whatever, literally anything that needs to be done to get it done, he'll just do it. It is what it is. So he's lawful for sure. Like he's not crazy just killing people, but he is very evil and will do whatever he needs to get done. So uh, the sensibility part, I guess, in certain where he like comes up with plans and shit is just like Adam uh, was taking a lot of technical notes and wouldn't want to talk too much because I was trying to take notes. So it's like, oh, I've got a thing. I'll just say this one thing. That's all that I have to say. It's like, oh, that's actually not a bad idea. And then I would go back silent. Um, so I guess I seem sensible because I didn't talk a ton at the beginning of the campaign. Uh, and then it's been your coffee. Until I start sipping the coffee. That's a good time. Uh, but yeah, the morality is just like, yeah, like I'm doing things because they need to be done. Think, uh, I don't, not the exact comparison, but Thanos is evil, but he's doing, he has the resolve to do what he thinks needs to be done. Even though he's so, wrong, just like about that's the a comparison to make. But is he? So almost he's not wrong Thanos? because on his his home planet is destroyed. Now he's his home planet is destroyed. He knows what happens when there's too much population. He has gone to planets and killed half the people, and the planets have flourished. So even though it's evil because he's killing a bunch of people, it works, and well, he knows like, it works. It's the quote I use when I design any villain in my, any of my campaigns. The villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah, that's how a good villain is written. So. Almost does not think he's evil. He's just doing what he needs to do. See, that's the part I haven't figured out yet, how to actually write the good villain. I have the quote, but I don't have the actual good villain. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, all I'm going to say is, you guys took away a Romeo and Juliet love story that God. might have leveled <laughs> up my locket very quickly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so hey, I guess we're going to get into it later about how... Uh... Our our greatest plot moments have destroyed Mike's plans for not only plot reasons, but all like like not only like minor plot reasons, but grander plot reasons. Well, I'm assuming you have just listened to the recap episode, and one of them was hinted at there. But uh, Adam, take it away. Yeah, I, yeah, I have. I'm getting into the part of the show where I have specific questions for each individual person. Everyone can chime in, but these are specific. So I'm going to start with Mike because that all piggy tails into it very nicely. Piggy uh, tails, piggyback. I, I like, so. I like piggy tails. I'm committed. Um, <laughs> so I've enough drinks. Let's go with it. I know, Mike. Moments the players completely destroyed for you. So this would be those kids that we murdered. Anything that we have destroyed. Think you have destroyed. And this is one through twenty-five. I'm sure more comes up. <laughs> oh, there's many more. Okay, so do you have a list? Uh, like we just did a cheering episode, but that is beyond twenty-five. So I will not bring that one Chicken. up. But the main one is. It's not chicken, it's cheering. It's absolutely chicken. It was chicken on the map. It was, it was like chicken, on the, chicken on the map. You best give Bach a chicken or not chalk a chicken at this point. Like geez. Oh, All right. Back yeah. to focusing. That's what I do best. What? Is it? All right. What was I talking about again? Exactly. Things <laughs> that we've ruined for you, specifically That's killing those the one. All right, yes. So the young kids, while you're listening, if you were listening carefully, I had brought them up to multiple party members that they were two occult-looking youngsters heading down an alley. I didn't use youngsters, I'll be honest, but it plays well. I had a Romeo and Juliet storyline planned. We had three rival families, mainly two big rival families, the Kellers and the, Dar the, Kellers and the Darlings. And their two older teenage son and daughter, obviously not family, had had a love interest. And I had a Romeo and Juliet style storyline planned where the team was to unite the families and create a strong bond of cheese. And they were potentially be able to overthrow Lebac as a top formagerie in Trumpet. But... Alas, they literally killed that storyline. But I will say, for a little foreshadowing, if the team were to ever reach Trumpet after what is currently gone on, it is a very different town. Mike, were there any other things besides uh, these cheese kids that we completely messed up for you? <laughs> Not completely, no. Everything else was able to be adapted. That was the main one where I literally had... A lot of notes planned for that one. Okay, so you said there wasn't much else that we like destroyed as far as your plans go, but like 
was there anything that we did that was that you were just completely and utterly like unprepared for besides maybe the Keller kids? Yes. Um, I don't sure if I'm not sure if it's happened before episode 11, but a certain druid turning into a a creature and crawling down the mine shaft was not planned whatsoever. When I originally designed the mine, I only had half the mine designed. <laughs> I did not design the bottom half of the mine as I did not think you guys would reach it that week. And I don't like to write too far ahead. I like to have it like I have my over like my main story points, but I don't like to over plan because I've learned that is a horrible idea for DM tip out there. Especially for this group. Especially for this group. And yeah, so that was kind of made up on the fly. And uh, thanks to editing, you don't hear me swearing under my breath and uh, <laughs> going, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the other one where I was totally not prepared for. Later on, there's a bunch more. But at this point, uh, you'll have to stay tuned. That's the one that sticks out. And if you find... A spot where you feel that I have literally been pulling it out of my ass, feel free to message me and say, this is the point. And if you do, I guarantee you, you will get a response and I will tell you as much as you need to know. Potentially more. <laughs> awesome. All right, Does that great. Go for us? Yeah, it goes for us too. No, you right. can't message me. <laughs> oh, fuck. That sucks. Great. Got a question for you. Okay. What was your entire uh, thought process with? Chalk in Trimpet. So Chalk in the forest by himself. Chalk making a forest. Whenever he was in the garden, getting the darkness taken off him. What What is your mindset about Chalk being on his own and doing his druid thing? And just like his whole experience, I guess, being in a city sort of for the first time. Yeah, what? just walk me through your whole Chalk idea and why he was off doing his own thing. So Chalk doesn't like cities for obvious reasons. And like every every end, like all the guards and that in the city were reacting very poorly to his presence, and so it just was one of these situations where it's like, okay, well, he's just gonna go live out in the woods until you guys finish what you want to do. It seemed like things were taking longer than originally anticipated. He figured they were gonna be there like one day, maybe. So camping out didn't seem like such a bad idea until like uh, all of a sudden they're, they're getting costumes for a party <laughs> and all this other stuff going on. And uh, like when Chuck started uh, realizing that he had been corrupted somewhat by the darkness, it's like, okay. Um, he kind of just wanted to isolate himself and see if he could cure it on his own. Unfortunately, there was a murder in town, and for some reason, people thought that Chuck was the primary culprit for said murder, even though, uh, as we all know, if Chuck had killed somebody, there wouldn't be anything left, <laughs> per se. Um, and, so, and so while he's trying to deal with the, deal with the fact that he, he's got these emotions that he's got completely no control over whatsoever uh it was sort of like tally comes out it's like hey there's a there's a chalk shaped bear over there i'm gonna just poke it with a stick a few times to see what's gonna happen <laughs> and uh yeah stuff happened uh honestly uh when it came to the sort of uh the in situation in the garden um, that was interesting. I'll say it was interesting, but at the same time, like I, I really didn't know how to react as Chuck because, like, he's he's really on this uh in this situation where he doesn't trust nor like these smooth skin gods, right? And uh, so being cured of the darkness it's like well i it, it was one of those things where it's like well i wouldn't have had it in the first place if it wasn't it wasn't for you guys <laughs> yeah no uh, i could definitely tell he was not comfortable in that whole garden situation getting the darkness off of him yeah no he was not comfortable with most of uh trumpet 
Uh, and I, like I said, it just at first I thought it was just going to be uh, like maybe the characters would have gone to Trumpet, deal dealt with everything in one day, and be out on the making their way to their next next destination. But uh, you, you all got shanghaied into a party, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, the multi the multi day party delay really got a hold of the group, and uh, and idle hands were <laughs> were the Tali's playground, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any of us planned to be there that long. It was just mm, this is what we have to do for monies. Tip behind the curtain, I imagine Mike was like, "Oh, I came up with this really cool Romeo and Juliet storyline, but." Why would they ever? They're just gonna get their reward and leave. They would never stay in town enough days to do this whole side quest I invented. Oh, so I'll make the party four to five days from now, and then they'll have to hang around and find something to do. Well, we found something to do, Mike. So we murdered your story, figuratively <laughs> and literally. Yeah. Um. Also, I had thought about because I had other plans for certain characters to get developed and there was the whole I, I was gonna say no the whole werewolf thing but no that was pulled out of at the moment that was made up on the spot yeah i think we were all like oh, is she a werewolf and oh and we were all just reacting and you were like hmm yes yes i think she might be i know yeah. what you're, you're referencing mike because you needed somebody to gripe to and it was me who gave you a lot of like basic story stuff and you're like i needed to tell you about like what could have happened out? Mm-hmm. So I have secrets that no one else knows. <laughs> yeah, you'll learn as a DM, as a person in general, <laughs> and as a DM, I'm very bad at keeping secrets. <laughs> and my, my wife has been very tired of me telling her them, and she does not give a fuck. I would love to have her as a guest. As long as it's after the fact that we can't metagame, then yeah, there's no need for secrets. As soon as something happens in the story. And everyone's moment to react to it has happened, and I tell you guys everything. <laughs> like as That's soon fair. as That's as fair. soon as Tavaruk leaves leaves the room at the party, <laughs> and maybe I'm stepping on the toes of another question. I'm not sure, but as soon as Tavaruk leaves the room at the party, he he bluffs his way out of the situation by very creatively not lying, uh, mm-hmm. and and uh, and getting out of that situation. And uh, I forgot where I was going with this point. <laughs> my brain, my brain so is Jake dead. Jake turns around and Jake tells everyone what exactly what happened. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. So I get out. I bluff my way out of it. The characters all get their chance to react and try to look into the information, and they, you know, they get what they got. And then as soon as we stopped the actual session, I was like, "Oh my god, guys! Let me tell you what happened." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that a little bit. We're like, dude. Do you know what could have happened tonight? Like, and then we, you know, dish. Yeah. It depends on yeah. what it is, though. Like, it depends on. Yeah, there's some secrets. Oh, there's some secrets I have not lots, devo- lots uh, of devolved. Secrets. Only yeah, after the facts. Like, yeah, 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 I have secrets with at least two people. Some secrets have gone on very long. Interesting. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> question yeah. for you. How shocked were you when the whole Pierre and the flock stuff? So pretty much when we're kind of in our first big town, how shocked were you that your entire backstory just pops up right then and there? I was definitely like a deer in headlights and I didn't take much notes on the interaction because when it happened, I was just like, Oh my God, stuff is happening. What's going on. And I don't know. It was so crazy that in the moment I forgot to ask a million questions that I thought about later. And I just didn't know what to do because I'd never really had something like that happen to me in a D and D in, in a D and D session before, because this is my first real campaign. So as a player, I'm just like, Oh my God, what do I do? Do I just sit here? Do I listen? Do I say anything? What's going on? I don't know what's happening. Oh my god, this is part of my backstory. All this information is coming right at me. Um, so yeah, it was really crazy, and I didn't know what to do when me and Mike were talking, and I just listened and asked 
I think like maybe a question if that. And I, yeah, like Pierre being who he is, like I had none of that coming into this situation. Yeah, and that was also one of the whisper sessions when you talked to Pierre that I didn't listen to until I edited that episode. So that one, I don't think people knew about for a long time. No. Like us as players. No. None of us no. knew about it until, like, okay, so the, the spoiler is uh, any whisper session that happens, no one knows about until it airs. I do. Yeah. Because, yeah well, okay, Adam. Adam, Adam learns it when he edits, but that's basically, again, about the same time it airs at. So whenever, like, there's a session that just has, like, Mike and a player or two. Typically, no one knows what happened in it until it goes live. So we're learning along with all of you, even though we played this like a year ago. Yeah, so when my character was developed, we just had like my role in the Thieves Guild, and I had zero information on you know, any handlers or other NPCs that might be in this group. So when Pierre was being, like I referenced earlier, when Pierre was being all weird and I was just like, what the fuck is up with this guy? Like, I had no idea. I thought that he was just, you know, working for the box and like saw me sneaking in and was like, you know what? I'll just keep her secret, but I'm going to watch you know? this one. You thought he was just a pervert limo <laughs> yeah. driver. I was just like, what a weirdo zipping up my dress. And then he's like, ha ha, Tolly. Uh, I'm like, what? How do you him? That's also why, well, I don't know if this is foreshadowing, but I do start to not use my real name anymore because of our conversation. Because I was like, ah, valid points were made here tonight, sir. Valid points. All very true. Erica. Hi. This is one that uh I know me as a as a character in the game, I gave you shit about. But Uh-oh. what are you, what are your feelings on being the only human in an all monster cast? And then this is a not a deep cut. In Suicide Squad. I, well in Suicide Squad. In Suicide Squad, there is a Rick Flag character where he's like, I'm working with the bad guys, but I'm supposed to keep them in 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 line so how does it feel to be a human in a in a monster cast do you feel like some kind of weird ownership over like trying to lead these weirdos through the world or i don't know how do you feel being a human let me interject that tolly is not a monster uh yes she <laughs> are. Monster is great, 100 i mean yeah she does not believe she is she, for god takes you that woman is in the phb <laughs> I guess it's one of those things where it's as a player, I thought it would have been interesting to see how um how you would play like a standard race in this kind of monster race party. Uh, and how you'd Suicide Squad. Um how you'd fit basically how you'd fit your basic bitch into a party of people who are um not that and that kind of, again the basically the reason you want reason why you play humans in general in D&D as like oh i want to play a simple person and have that be a basis for what's going on um but as for aviana herself um she's pretty pretty okay with it um one of those things where it's a go with the flow okay well this is this is this is the situation i can't do much about it whatever um and they seem pretty keen on doing all the conversing for her because uh as we've mentioned you may have noticed uh aviana is not very great at the whole talking side of things so um kind of deferring to those again the monstrous party members to do the things that you would think that she would do because she was human so i guess it's kind of the thing where it's like her race doesn't really play into a lot of her concept of like who she is in respect retrospect to the party. If any of that made sense, we're a bottle of wine deep, my dudes. No, I it makes get total it. sense. She, she did by making herself the biggest monster of us all. Yeah. So it was that thing of, so when I, on the player creation, oh, side, oh, yeah, it was that yeah. thing of ways to play a monster without playing, without saying like, I'm a monster because my race says I'm bad kind of a thing. Not that there's anything. Fuck. 
that has a lot of implications, but you they're know good. what I mean? I like, where it's like, just tell your best friend how you think she's a monster. <laughs> she's a monster. Continue. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Like, everyone's got, but it's, it's that thing of, like, everyone's got those, those that are, like, oh, like, everyone's gonna look at you a little weirdly because of how you are. And I thought it was inter- interesting to have a character who could kind of get by based on how she was, and then every now and then, uh, again, welcome to foreshadowing, um, certain decisions that she makes are a little questionable. You also bleed from your eyes. So, I, you know. I mean, she yes. bleeds from her eyes and does blood magic, so that's a whole thing on its own. Aviana's just trying to fit in, essentially. Yeah, yeah. She's again, the both both ways. Where it was when she was human, she was trying to fit in with the people that she didn't fit in with, and now she's trying. She's trying to fit in with a bunch of people who aren't human on the same morality level. <laughs> Or, like, yeah, of the same societal, like, range that she is. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a good person. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, 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 bitch. I'm chaotic good. Alignment? I don't know. If we're going from an alignment standpoint, I don't know where she sits. I think <laughs> she sits lawful, but I don't actually know. I see her as, like, a lawful neutral. Yeah. But I don't really play with alignment. Your character is who your character is, and that's all. I'm yeah, don't, any. please don't give us an alignment weapon because I don't know no. where she sits on that. Because you're neutral. Uh, I mean, I think Tali comes across as good most of the time. Oh, she absolutely does. Like Aviana's like the those things most of, like, of the time. God, Aviana definitely sits unlawful because of like we're not getting into the future. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like it's a thing of like don't murder a child because the law says that it's like that's like generally a thing of grooming that's not very good. But again, they're gonna again come questionable situations where she makes the questionable choice, and it's just like this. This is why alignment socially work when it comes to like extra planar creatures. Yeah, oh, no, that's uh, later. Like <laughs> Almas. <laughs> Damn, you got me. In theory, I don't know what a gift is, but we do. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So you're long story short of how does Aviana, uh, as a human in a party of monsters, she feels fine. There's folks. At the end of the day, I like it. We're all, we're a family here, guys. Sure, that's a that's word. That is that's a strong <laughs> word that you can use to describe a bunch of people. <laughs> all right. So the next, all these next questions are from Colleen, and they're all fantastic, <laughs> and they're all serious. We can go a little bit quicker on these. Two of them, I think, are going to take a little longer, but let's, rapid let's just... Rapid fire. Let's rapid fire through these. So, again, all from Colleen. Mike, I'm, I'm going to read them. Oh, shit. No, why are you trying with me? What the fuck? Because you're I at the top you... of my list. Oh, God DM. For Mr. DM, the party is real good at staying on track and ignoring stuff that doesn't seem relevant to the problem in hand. Uh, is there anything notable that they missed because they're good at being focused? So is there any weird side stuff we missed besides killing the Romeo and Juliet? Is there a side stuff we've missed? Um, no. I'm f- at the beginning, it was pretty streamlined. The Romeo and Juliet was the first big thing they had missed. Um, there was a bit of a... After I said the werewolf thing, I did write a bit of werewolf thing to go with uh, Priestess Primrose. They could have gone deeper into that. But... Other than that, they haven't missed much that I, of note. Okay. Later on, though, that I have to I branch out further, and yes, lots of stuff is missed later on. Oof. As a spoiler, uh, not really a spoiler, but a little hint, in the most recent episode, when oh, that shit. unfortunately was lost to, you know, someone had to sacrifice to someone a familiar. <laughs> uh, something was greatly missed in that town. Yeah, it may have been a really <laughs> badass cart race designed by you know someone pretty awesome, yours truly. But uh, next time, but yeah, you're right. Not now. I'm with you. There's not much, but yeah, but there's soon. definitely sh- shit comes up. Yeah, no, we so. learn to fuck up more things as we go. I think that's a standard. You know, hopes, point. dreams. This group is quite good at crushing them. Get rid of all those. Look, don't don't come oh. up with a Suicide Squad style game and expect us to not. <laughs> destroy everything you love yeah you did set this up with you know the preface that it was gonna be suicide squad i'm a glutton for punishment (laughs) i appreciate that avian or erica yep you know this question it's a great one will aviana date me blood hunter is pretty and power moves spat someone blood at somebody babe i'd do anything for you aviana that's it i do love aviana so i'm there 
babe i miss you and i love you of course aviana would date you and because i date you that's how that works <laughs> fantastic gray <laughs> this is also yep. again from colleen chalk hugs delightful and wonderful because lizard big man or awful and scaly because lizard big man so does chalk give good lizard hugs or is it really bad uh it's really a well that's a that's a difficult question um I say, say the hugs are, are are good, but you never know when he's just gonna take a bite out of you. <laughs> he, he gives you a hug. Can I say that as as a player? Okay, as Tolly, Tolly knew how tall he was, but as a player, for some reason, I always pictured Chuck to be like the size of an actual like five year old child. So I think that hugs from uh you know like four foot tall lizard man great hugs from like a seven foot tall lizard man terrifying <laughs> um i like to posit uh mike put in the chat that tevruk is the best hugger and uh yep he's bringing that big dad energy is that a fact that's a fact that's man. congratulations yeah, you, you give would... great hugs and have a large penis. Congratulations, <laughs> spoilers for later episodes. Mike. It took a long time before anyone realized how tall Chuck actually was. I think it was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he slumped over for a bit and then he's like, Oh, he's actually huge. <laughs> well, no, yeah. it's like he, he, he's always hunched over and like. Everyone thought, oh, he's just a, he, he, when, when I said, well, he's only this old and they're thinking, oh, well, he's only this high. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's he's like, a big boy. For better clarification, please check out our fan art provided by uh, our lovely artist, Shay. Shay. Absolutely. Ooh. Gosh, it's so good. So we're going to end on one more from Colleen. But this one, I think, is probably the best question. And Jake, I haven't been ignoring you tonight with a personal question. So this is from Colleen. I've get the uh, I've got the feeling this is the first time in Tavrook's life he's been functioning outside military ranks. Uh, is it, and how is he feeling about that? So yeah, what is up with Tavrook not being in the military outside of the military? I guess this is a good good question to end on. I think the feeling she gets is absolutely correct. Um, Tavrook and and you know hobgoblins in general uh, are raised in very militaristic society um they are you know if you're familiar with the typical goblins you know just the running and raiding villages and very chaotic hobgoblins are kind of the still monstrous but the antithesis of that they are very um they're very well trained they're very disciplined they have a very clear understanding of hierarch hierarchy and uh and the chain of command and uh, Tavruk has spent his whole life in that setting, um, up until literally the day he wakes up in the prison. Um, and he, for a multitude of reasons, is not handling it well. And it's it's discussed in character at some point. Ha have we? Has Tavruk talked to the group about his his insecurities already at this point in the campaign, or is this later? We do we it a little a bit in our side down, chat. right? We do a couple different chats where Tavruk talks about. I can't remember how deep he goes in that, but he definitely is is not so much out of his element because in his brain he says like, "Well, I've still got this these people around me, and I can still do my thing and and protect the people to my left and to my right and." have these people backing me up and be like a team player, but it's also just very, very different because there is no chain of command. There is no, it's just, we are all essentially equal members of this party and just trying to figure out the right way to solve this problem. And uh, yeah, he, he's not functioning well outside of it because, because of how everything played out with his, with his last group of people that he was trying to help and protect and how things went with them. That's explained a bit already at this point. And he very drastically does not want that to happen again. That is his greatest fear has already come true. And he's, he is at this point fighting to make sure it doesn't happen a second time. And hopefully he continues doing that, <laughs> but 
that's that's kind of where he's at. He's he's definitely replacing his former friends and allies with this new group that he's found. That's a good question. And on yeah, I it's you definitely see it, and I think it continues. Tavrooks, uh, he's got the the big dead energy, and I think he's one of the most interesting characters. I like yeah. it a lot. Well, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I, I I think I've I I tried to, you know, again, like we discussed earlier, a little bit of alignment talk is. He, I, I consider him lawful evil in that he definitely has a code that he lives by and that he tries to follow, but it also, much like Almas, does not stop at other people. You know, so he, he's willing to do things that are considered evil by, you know, the normal world, but as far as his society is just, you know, the way things are. And it's kind of just the regular code. Um, but it's... Uh, yeah, well, we we get into it more as the campaign goes on, but but uh, <laughs> follow 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 Tavruk's, uh, uh, uh quiet lament <laughs> in, in those moments where it finally shows up, but it's definitely there. Good stuff. All right. Well, thank all of you guys for joining me tonight. That'll do it for Miscast. That was a wild one. That was a good one. I'm gonna have a fun time editing this. Believe me. You're, oh my god. I do. I really do appreciate yeah. you guys showing up. And what was it going? It's midnight. Look, we're going to yeah. go off the rails a lot. It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah. Um, you can add that one of my favorite parts was when Almas suggests that Tali chill out or whatever. And then I just kind of go catatonic in the bushes and lay on the ground. <laughs> shit was I wild. forgot about that. Hey, that guys, was suggestion. So really, really good spell. More wizards should use that. <laughs> And that was the night I meant to get a tattoo. You bastard. Yeah. Oh, now, God. Tali still doesn't have a tattoo. Best tattoo in the party. Uh, needs to right. change. But yeah, I just, I love the whole, like, I, because I didn't know how to react as a player. So I'm like, what, what do I do? Um, You know what? I'm just going to go lay in the bushes and look at the stars and cry a little bit. And then up comes fucking, uh, uh, Chalk and <laughs> the therapy. You know, he asks me some questions, and then he's like, "Why you make go girl cry?" That was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us uh, this week on Miscast. Mike had some uh, shouts before we get out of here. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, thank uh, Colby for sending some questions. Thank Colleen for sending in some amazing questions and those amazing memes. And uh, earlier I had uh, mentioned our artist who does all of our stuff. And you can follow her at ShazyBazy at, at S-H-A-E-Z-B-A-Z-E-Y. She's an amazing uh, illustrator. And uh, if you're lucky enough, uh, get some stuff commissioned from her. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Everyone do a wave. Bye. No one can see, the wave. No one can see it, but... <laughs>